0: This week's episode of the Gaucho Nine podcast is brought to you by our friends at Kyle's Kitchen. Check out the new crispy chicken sandwich at any of their locations in the Santa Barbara area, downtown on Chapala Street, in Goleta, in Hollister Village, or on Cairo Real, or on Pardal in Isla Vista. This episode also brought to you by a guy with a truck. Junk removal, call 805-689-1413 for a free, no obligations quote. Licensed and insured, serving Santa Barbara and Ventura Counties. A guy with a truck can come and pick up your old junk, a broken down shed, uh, a deck that was just remodeled, all the hardware and old wood. can pick up all that stuff, take it away, uh, hit them up. 805-689-1413. Okay, week four, recap, Gauchos sweep, the San Francisco Dons. It was an eventful week. It went from four games to three. But the Gauchos came out with three wins. Uh, We just have David and Spencer this week. we do a little extended recap, talk about the runner on second base rule and extra innings. Uh, Lots of of heroes, especially in that that first game, the 14-inning affair, and uh, some bright spots offensively for the Gauchos moving forward into Big West Conference play, which starts next week. So, week four recap, SB Baseball Analytics. Let's get to it.
1: It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America. The Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night.
0: Here's the one-strike pitch, and Mitchell belts it to deep left. Cabrera is going to watch it fly. He strikes out the side for the second consecutive inning, and Armani belts it to deep center. Galjos are going to Omaha. Can you believe it? The 0-2 pitch, and a curveball is swung on him in. And the score is two. Here comes Mitchell. He's going to score. And the Gauchos are the 2019 Champions of the Big West. All right, UCSB Baseball Analytics is here. Hit them up on Twitter, SB Baseball Data. Check out all the metrics and all the cool stats and figures and graphs and other things like that, that they throw out uh, on a daily basis. David Tillotson, Spencer Stewart, and all the rest of the interns doing uh, lots of hard work behind the scenes, scouting reports, and video, and all kinds of stuff. So, David, Spencer, first thing I wanna talk about is the the first game of the series against USF. Obviously, it was originally scheduled to be a four-game series, but Lightning and Rain, and wind and a whole bunch of other stuff happened that prevented us from playing four games Uh, so we wound up only playing three but it felt like four because we were in the top of the fourth inning on friday and then lightning struck top of the fifth top of the fifth that's right and lightning struck um like actually struck um on the other side of the airport and so we were shut down And we went into a lightning delay. And while that was happening, it was also raining. Couldn't pull the tarp because the players had to be off the field. And there was another lightning strike, which pushed us back some more. And it continued to rain. And eventually we got washed out. But this guy was going to be a new category for me. He was going to be my hard luck player of the week, Zach Tora. And he's had a lot of hard luck as far as getting wins and losses or getting wins i should say in the uh in the win column on his record because he still does not have a decision he's had some hard luck this year so far and uh this week was no exception because he was throwing the ball well and then the weather delay uh cost him the rest of the game so what were your guys what was going on for for you guys in that friday game let's start with david because you got cameras and stuff, Uh, talk about your operation, because it's pretty thorough uh, what you provide to the players uh, on practice days and game days, because you do a full scale video operation outside of the telecast that Jerry uh, and Bob do.
2: Yeah, so we've got four cameras set up around the yard to get um, different angles on guys, and we're able to kind of match those up so they can see the game at the same time in two angles without having to do a whole lot of work um, after the game. And so electronics and water just don't mix, as everybody knows. And so the rain comes in, which <clears throat> it was funny on Friday or Thursday, the weather was really similar, but the rain missed us. It stayed on the mountains all day. And so right. we, we were talking about it, how I hadn't been here for this season yet. Uh, this kind of like rainy, windy season, how the weather is. And so I was expecting the similar thing uh, on the next day. And all of a sudden it starts coming down raining and just not prepared for for that much water to get on the camera so i was grabbing towels and using uh like binder clips to try and keep the towels on and some sort of like a hood on top of the cameras that i could get to um and eventually you know they, they ended up calling the game and so i went and paused all the cameras i'm grabbing them and bringing them in and just trying to like make sure that i don't have a camera that ends up breaking on me so that we can't use it for the rest of the year so yeah it was there's was a quite the experience going through that. Nothing I hadn't experienced before being, you know, from the Northwest and dealing with the rain there, but n- nothing that I want to deal with again.
0: Yeah. Rain and uh, uh, baseball while we're trying to play a game at Caesar with soccer stadium, doesn't really mix very well. Generally, as far as like filming and sitting in seats under at the lower level, cause it's not waterproof. Once you get enough water at the upper level, it starts dripping and, and it's just, it becomes a problem, but that game, game one, it wound up being a 14 inning game, five hours and 14 minutes if you include the weather delay, but it was actually four hours and 30 minutes of gameplay according to yeah, the, it's, according to the video.
2: When I, when I went back in and, and matched up the video, I don't want to sit there and watch 45 minutes of a rain delay, so I cut that time out because nobody wants to have to scroll through that. Um, and the other funny thing about it is because we took the cameras down and then we put them up the next day, you, there's, a, there's a break in time in the middle of the guys at bat where Toro throws the first pitch. And it's oh, so ball. it looks different. And then Carter comes in and you've got <laughs> a 1-0 count and it's a sunny day instead of a rainy day. So it's really funny to go back and watch that. You don't quite get that experience on the ESPN streams because you're just watching one and then you go over and you're watching a new one. But it's literally from that same angle in center field, all of a sudden the weather just completely changes. It's pretty funny.
0: Yeah, so lightning and rain delay the suspension, and then the restart. And what what a game it was! Gauchos tied it in the ninth, and then they tied it after USF scored in the eleventh. They tied it again after USF scored in the thirteenth, and then they won it in the fourteenth. So, the Gauchos tied the game in their last at bat and their last chance. That's uh, four times uh, at the end of the game, and it was nine uh, eight was the final. It was one of the Wilder games that I have been a part of uh, as as a gaucho. Uh, I can't really remember uh, Another game that matches it as far as all the strange things that happened. There was a there was a a batter's interference there was uh, There was a walk-off there were home runs. There were diving plays. There were hit batters Uh, Spencer learned this weekend that it wouldn't be a gaucho baseball game without a hit-by-pitch I, don't, I haven't coined that, but I started using that oh, maybe four or five years ago because I started noticing that, man, in college baseball, there's lots of hit batters on, on both sides. Uh, yes, Zach Rodriguez is okay. He left the game late yesterday after getting hit in the helmet. It was more of a glancing blow instead of a direct hit. So, yeah, Zach is just fine. But uh, – Crazy game and we we started on so the restart on Saturday, it felt like the first game of a doubleheader and Gauchos come away with the win and Then use that momentum to plow through that second game and it was all gauchos 15 to 3 They scored early and often two in the first six in the second four in the third and and ran away with it in a uh, Mercy rule shortened game just seven innings and then on Sunday, it was Rodney Boone only giving up one hit and the gauchos scored late to expand the game they had a big four run seventh inning to put the game out of reach in one six two. six two so the gauchos sweep the dons um spencer what were some of your impressions uh on the weekend bouncing back from the the weekend series last week against oregon what were some of your impressions
1: uh well you knew it was going to be a battle regardless because USF was in a similar position where they um, they had gotten swept by Pac-12 opponent and a couple games that you know could have gone either way uh, when they played Stanford, um, very similar to the way that the way that our Oregon series went. Um, but uh, it was a big big series for both teams, and uh, you know we found a way to win in each of the games. Um, there was a lot of resiliency from the guys. They uh, in the extra inning situations. You know, Connor Dan, he, he talked about it. He has never had to be in a situation like that. And I don't think he enjoyed it very much, but uh, he's pitched under pressure his whole career as a gaucho. Um, so, you know, tip your cap to Connor. He was not getting hit all that much. And, um, you know, the runs that came were were ones that obviously unearned because you start with a runner at second with no outs and scoring position. Um, odds are you're going to get a run in that inning. So the runs that were coming in weren't earned or anything, but uh big pressure situation for Dandy. And um, I thought he looked really good late in that game uh, early on Saturday. Uh, but yeah, a lot of resiliency. And then uh, just the way that we were able to play, I thought it was some pretty clean baseball afterwards. In game two and three, I think we only had one error. And um, I think that was that was what was the kicker for me, was our defense looked really sharp and, our pitchers, in that sense, were able to pitch to contact with confidence, um, which ultimately is is the biggest factor. We had a couple of web gems on Sunday um, that were just the coolest things. Like me and you on the broadcast, I I kept interrupting you because I was I turned into a fan during those plays when Cole coming sprawling to his backhand side to uh, to snag what would have been a RBI double up the line um hard throw over to bryce and then the very next play bryce's full extension to his right as well and then diving to the bag to to uh to get the out to end the inning just good fun exciting gaucho baseball so that was my impression um and i think that uh we'll be able to take this momentum into what will be a good series against fullerton
0: yeah a couple other things about that friday game there were 26 hits combined. There were 34 strikeouts, 15 walks. Connor Dan threw four innings of relief. Uh, Carter Benbrook also threw four innings of relief. Uh, tip of the cap to Alex Fam for San Francisco. He went seven uh, in in the, the restart. Uh, so I just I want to touch on briefly because it was the first experience with the, the new rule for extra innings. It's decided ahead of time. Uh, before the series starts by the head coaches, whether or not they want to start uh, the extra innings with a runner on second. And that was decided this weekend that they would. Lo and behold, first game goes to extra innings, and each team starts with a runner on second. So what are some of the added dimensions? Like we, we saw some of the things, like when Casanova would come up, maybe to lead off the inning, they just intentional walk him. We, we don't want to deal with Marcos. We want to set up the force uh, at, at all three bases. They're... Sack bunt is obviously in play. There's a lot of different things. Pitchers in the stretch to start the inning instead of into the windup. Uh, and then you have a chance to score uh, on the first pitch if it's just hit to the outfield. So what are some of the things that you guys noticed starting with David with having a runner starting at second base? And it's not like the Gouchers aren't used to it. We, we do it in scrimmage all the time to, to set up situations uh, right out of the gate. So maybe there's some familiarity that they had, but what were some of the things that you noticed,
2: David? Well, like Spencer said, tip of the hat to uh, Connor Dan for being able to handle that situation the way he did. Um, he, was, he was great in that role. Um, it's funny to me that he, every inning he the game continued on, he had gotten the, the third out of the previous inning before, and that guy's now standing on second base. Like you've he, yeah. he got the guy out, and he just gets a free pass the second if the game doesn't end. So that's kind of an interesting part of it to me as well i um, glad that the runs are unearned, obviously, you know, that those things kind of sort themselves out. But I'm a traditionalist. I've talked to multiple people since the game happened. And, and I'm a fan of the like, you know, just play regular baseball. First guy up, nobody on, nobody out. I think the game probably would have gotten over sooner if, if we had played in that vein, because some of the strategies would have gone away. Some of the intentional walks that you mentioned, the bunting, things like that. Um, it would have been a, a wholly different game. Who knows? We might still be playing it the way baseball is. There's no timer. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. Um, I like that it's consistent so that that rule is set at the beginning of the series. And, you know, if you go to extras, it's going to be that way. Um, But hopefully for my sake, in terms of what I have to do after games, we get it done in nine for the rest of the season.
1: Spencer. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm still kind of 50, 50 on it. I don't know if, uh, if, if I dig it yet or not, um, you know, obviously major leagues, they went to that rule where, you know, in extras, you could, you'd start with the runner on. Um, we saw it for the first time in that 2020 season. And that was just because they were packing more games into a shorter season, um, which totally makes sense. You want to preserve arms and, you know, it, it gets to the point sometimes where they're preserving arms and they're throwing like an outfielder who's getting his first chance to pitch and, and just wacky situations like that. But, you know, nothing like that in the college realm. Um, but the strategy completely changes. I think that we only intentionally walked one guy. I think uh, I think we just attacked and, and played our game um, and, and forced them to to earn the runs, whereas we would get the free pass. And I'm thinking to myself, sweet, extra base runner. This is, you know, runner on first and second, no outs. This is our bread and butter, like time to execute. And um, like you said, Alex Fam he... He looked really good. He uh he was able to make some big time pitches in big time situations where he's jamming guys or getting a change up off the end of the bat, resulting in a double play ball. So um in those senses, you know, we kinda we were hitting ourselves out of innings just because they would make the force on and there's more ways to get outs. Um so again, I'm I'm kinda back and forth. I don't know if I if I dig it yet. Um thankfully you know i, I remember i was I, I would i was listening in and and i heard check it say yeah we're going we're we're planning on going the extra you know if when we're going to extras we'll put the runner on second we'll also go with the 10 run rule um after 7 and um so we got to experience each of those for the first time um just as we talk about it, it's it's a wild weekend
0: yeah and in in the same day none, nonetheless My, my takeaways from a runner on second, it creates action right off the bat. It takes away the, oh, we're just going to swing for a home run and try and win it with one swing. So it forces you to play baseball more And I, yes, I am a traditionalist, but at the same time, I also am encouraged when I see things change or tweaked. Because I I am a sports fan and I've watched the NHL really do a a really cool thing with their overtime where they went from four on four to three on three and it's just five minutes and then they go to to a shootout to settle it. It's there's no, they eliminated the ties and the three on three is 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 awesome. There's it's so much space. There's all kinds of like different stuff that happens. You know, it's a it's a new period essentially, and then like I'd I'd like to see I mean, college football and the NFL do different things, but they've tweaked it. It's it's kind of a, an imperfect solution, uh, whatever one that you come up with. It's like in football, because in baseball there's only one team that's batting uh, at a time, In football only one team has the ball uh, at a time. So it's it's kind of tricky to to solve it. But I like the runner on second base because it, it forces you to change up your strategy. It forces you to play baseball. You're not just trying to swing for the fences with guys popping out or or striking out three times in a row, just trying to hit home runs. So that's what I like about it, and it created a lot of excitement. It was pretty fun being a broadcaster for those games, cause, or for those innings, because there's runners on. has had the bases loaded, I think, in like three of the five innings. Um, they had two chances to win it in the 10th and in, in the 12th uh, with the bases loaded and one out or nobody out, and they, they couldn't execute, but it creates – a lot of excitement and some tension, and I like that instead of just three punch outs trying to swing for the fences. So that's my take on the X training rule. Let's get to our players and moments of the week. I'm going to go first with my player of the week since you guys went first, uh, the other two. I'm taking my man, Zach Rodriguez. Five for nine, four runs, two triples, a homer, six RBIs, three hit by pitches, and he played a great right field, which we know is not that easy at Caesar Wasaka Stadium. He's he's running around, he's creating energy, he's been a a big piece uh, in that lineup since he was inserted a couple weeks ago. So Zach continues to swing the bat well and is playing hard and it's showing. Um, So he's off to a great start, uh, hitting over 400 since he uh, got his first start. That's my player of the week, Zach Rodriguez.
1: Spencer? I had a feeling you were gonna say, Zach. It was fun watching him run circles around the bases this week. So I, I, I second it. Great job this weekend, Zach. My player of the week is gonna be Jordan Sprinkle. Um, he led off for us in two of the games, I believe, and um, he, he was tasked with a big role. You know, McLean, McLean goes down, and um, our 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 leader on the field, our veteran presence, the shortstop, who's you know, plays with his head on fire is out. Um, so big role for Spring to fill into. And um, he spanked the ball around the yard, two doubles, four singles. Um, so six for 14, batting 429. He was getting walked. He was getting pegged. Um, just getting on base. And he swiped two bags. And that was fun watching because he'd get on to lead off the inning. And then next thing you know, he's standing on second with his speed and a great jump. So um, he did... An incredible job in the leadoff position, and um, defensively he was, you know, balls to the wall. He was having fun out there. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how, uh, you know, and and until McLean's return, it uh, it'll be Jordan at at short, and um, I think we're going to be all right with Jordan there. He looked really good this weekend.
2: And you guys, you guys took my two. I had three people here. Uh, Zach Rodriguez, I wanted to give a shout out to him, first college home run as well, I believe.
0: Forgot uh, to mention that. Thank you.
2: Yeah. So uh, props to him. Uh, talk about that, the metrics on that a little bit later. But um, I'm going to go outside of my box here. I've been picking hitters. I'm going to pick uh, Rodney Boone, um, seven innings pitched, one hit allowed. Um, not necessarily the sharpest. I think you would probably agree with that as well. Um, but pitching with some of his B stuff and still being able to get the job done, take away a lot of innings and give us uh, give us some rest coming into the Big West play it was big for him to do on Sunday there. So I'm gonna go with Rodney Boone for my player of the week.
0: Okay, moment of the week. There were a great number of them uh, to pick from. I'm I'm gonna go with this one just because I. I thought it was really cool when it happened. But uh, back-to-back hitters in the fourth inning yesterday, it was a one nothing game, uh, and Gauchos were a little bit stymied on offense, and San Francisco was, was sitting there with a chance to tie the game with a runner on, Cole Cummings, after making an error in the start of the inning. Backhand stab on the line at third, makes the play, and then the very next batter, like two or three pitches later, Bryce Willits with the backhand diving stop at first that we mentioned earlier where just total reaction play, one hop, laser beam, backhand, full extension, and then he raced the runner to the bag, slid in head headfirst uh, with the glove, ball in the glove, and beat him for the out to, to retire the side. So I, I thought that was a big moment because Don's either one of those goes past him. Don's tie the game, and it's a different outlook. You know, Who knows if Rod goes seven after that? And it would just be a completely different game. And the Gouch go on to, to score four, a couple of innings later and, and put the game out of reach. So that's my
1: moment of the week. Spencer? Um, I, was, I was gonna mirror that. Uh, that the Bryce stop was just incredible. Um, I'm gonna go with, uh, with Jason Willow. The walk off, my moment of the week. Um, it wasn't it wasn't the prettiest by any means i think at one point all the guys were ready to head out of the dugout cuz it was a sack fly no matter what it was hit deep enough um, the the wind was blowing though uh, But castellan was standing on second when
0: the ball la- or standing on third when the ball yeah. landed so they had to wait for him to run home and
1: touch home plate to make it official okay thank you i was distracted i wanted to see you know if it was getting out or not because it hit the base of the wall in right field uh, so it wasn't the prettiest moment of the week but um, hey, first walk-off win, um, I think that's something that the coaches have been saying since the start of the season. Um, games aren't all, always going to be blowout wins. We're going to have a lot of one, two-run ball games where it could be the swing of the bat. So there's going to be big situations that either our pitchers are going to have to dig deep and execute good pitches in, or our hitters are going to have to step up and be the guy. Uh, Jason Willow was the guy one out in the bottom of the 14th it was the ninth you know inning of the day so essentially a full game that game uh, you know in the morning there Saturday but um, he got it done he stepped up, hit one deep to right and uh, the gauchos walked off to to secure the victory for game one.
2: David. Man, going third is rough. You guys are stealing all the thunder here with all my picks. Um, I'm going to add on, Kevin. This is the the thing that I was talking about before we started recording here um, with that Brett or with the Cole Cummings uh, play. So he makes the air, um, and I had been you know casually talking to their director of baseball ops, who was sitting over by us, and he actually I overheard him calling their SID to try and get the air changed to a hit to break up the no hitter. And then two batters later, Cole goes full diving extension and zips it across the, zips it across the field and kind of like made him eat his words a little bit there when he can make that play. And then obviously Bryce with the electric backhand play into the four hole and then dive into the bag. Um, can't say enough about that play. Uh, I'm gonna go with a couple of home runs here. Uh, Cole Cummings home run on Saturday there to tie it up, I believe. Yep, out of the ninth. Um, and, Kevin, you got the inning there for me. So, um, And then Brock Mortensen, um, who knows if that ball's landed yet. Uh, 425 feet, I think, is what Trackman had it at, but I think disappeared into the abyss when it went up into the sky. So a uh, couple loud uh, home runs for the Gauchos, a few this weekend as well, which is good to see. Um, those are my moments.
0: Okay, a couple honorable mentions. Uh, an honorable mention player of the week, Cole Cummings at 308. He had the homer and three RBIs and plus the web gems. And then an honorable mention moment of the week, Mike Marsh, bottom of the thirteenth, pinch hit, two strike, two out, triple, to tie the game when the Gauchos were trailing by two at the start of that inning. It was a Jordan Sprinkle RBI hit, if I'm not mistaken, which made it. I'm gonna double. I'm gonna double check this here just to make sure. Because in the thirteenth, yeah, it was a Sprinkle double, and then Marsh, the RBI triple. Uh, just inside the line in right field uh, to score the tying run. So those are my honorable mentions of the week. Do you guys have like a, a bounce back player of the week? David, you're nodding your head. Go for it.
2: I've also got a newcomer if you guys don't have him. um I'll yep. go with my bounce back. I'm, I'm going to give it uh, to Jason Willow. Um, his performances at the plate were tremendous this weekend. Obviously, we've talked about the walk-off um he ended up hitting 400 on the weekend slugging 500 and getting on base uh, a clip of 500 as well so um that's starting to come alive for him looking forward to seeing that moving forward and then uh cooper runs first first college appearance for coop and uh scoreless frame punched out the last batter to seal the uh, 10 run rule and ran off the mound he didn't, so did,
0: didn't know the game celebration
2: was, was a little weird <laughs> in both of those games on saturday we didn't really know what was going on but uh yeah, it was good to see him out there getting his first first inning. Uh, great job by him, and uh, more to come from those two guys.
1: Well, uh, I was also going to mention, you know, good job, Cooper. First, uh, first of many appearances, and um, he's got a lot of promise. He's he's working hard to to get a handle and and work through getting a feel for the pitches. Um, he looked really good out there, getting two strikeouts uh, in his first collegiate appearance and he was really excited about that so great job coop um this i'm gonna just jump the gun and go into the metric of the week um carter benbrook he came in to the uh he he essentially started the game right he picked up where it left off in the fifth um zach had just given up a home run before and so it was a 2-1 ball game i believe and um he went out there and i think carter is the kind of pitcher that prefers to start games um he's really good out of the pen he's just in, in both situations he thrives but his um called strikes and his whiff percent total was 41.07 percent so essentially when it was a strike it was it was going to be called or whiffed on so he was fooling guys Um, Almost half the time his slider looked really good. They were they were baffled by that and he was getting plenty of misses uh, and called strikes on his fastball. So almost half of the strikes that he threw were um, called or whiffed on. And uh, I thought that he did a good job keeping hitters off balance for the uh, for the four innings that we saw him at the start of well in the middle of game one.
0: Okay, Carter was going to be my I was going to throw out a sleeper performance. Because okay. all, all of the fireworks that happen in extra innings and all the distractions with the restart and, and this and that, uh, Carter, four innings, four hits, one run, six strikeouts, and no walks starting the restart. So tip of the cap to Carter Benbrook. And I did have a bounce back. Bryce Willets who entered the series hitting under 200, was five for nine with a triple, three RBIs, and he had lots of hard contact, which uh, is good to see because scouts need Willets. Uh, in the lineup because he's a strong left-handed bat uh, and he's he we know that he can do it Uh, metrics hitting metrics David because the Mortensen homer was big at once straight into the power plant Uh, I watched it on the replay because I I couldn't really tell uh, in person but yeah it just it disappeared into the abyss as you said
2: uh, yeah, a couple of metrics on the weekend. We could have packed up after the first inning on Friday night in terms of top exit Velos, uh, first batter really Cole Cummings with a 106.1 on his double, uh, to start us off on Friday night. So, um, good to see that out of him and another new name at the top there on a weekend and then, uh, home runs. We had four of them on the weekend. I talked about Brock's 425 feet. Also the top exit Velo out of our home runs, I think second on the weekend with a 104 there. Um, Zach Rodriguez's first collegiate home run, 93 exit velo, 352 feet. I don't know what the distance is out to right, but it must have taken a little bit of that padding off as it went over the fence. Uh, Marcos with a 99 mile an hour, uh, 384 foot home run, and then uh, Cole's Caffer to tie it off was a 88 off the bat, 88 miles an hour off the bat, and went uh, 363 feet. So
0: the wind, some of the metrics, man, the, the wind winds, aided. I mean, it's. It's been howling. It's been howling today, Monday, and it was howling
2: on Friday. So One one other thing I forgot wait. about, you mentioned the wind there on the restart Saturday. It was windy, way windier then than it was on Friday when it was actually storming. Um, I felt like I spent more time running up and down those stairs to reset my tripod, which I could hear falling over up top as I was trying to record from the press box view. So uh, that wind was no joke on Saturday.
0: Spencer, do you have any pitch metrics?
2: Our hardest
1: throwers, um, Troy McGreevy and Harvey, um, all coming around 95 miles an hour on their fastball. Um, a lot of heat coming out of uh, the Gaucho bullpen as well as you know from Grevy. Um He hit 94.9 twice, so he's just shy of 95. We've seen a 96 out of him, uh, but he's a flamethrower and uh, he was cruising with a fastball slider combo. Um, didn't need much else in order to uh, execute and that was also just because of uh, a tremendous job by our offense to tag on a bunch of runs early in the game and make his job a lot easier um, so a couple flamethrowers this weekend and we're all getting ready and excited to see what uh, what the numbers are going to be like for fullerton
0: okay so last bit gauchos nine and five uh, with the preseason or pre-conference schedule Finishing up 9 and 5, they're hitting 279 as a team, and they are at 3.95 team ERA. Only played two road games, so those two wins at Pepperdine. So, this will be the first real road test for the Gauchos as they open up Big West play against Cal State Fullerton. A couple other notes before we get to the Titans. Gauchos in the rankings, hovering right around the 21 22. Uh, in some of the polls uh, 21 in d1 baseball 22 at usa today and 22 at um, the ncbwa and they are right at 100 in the rpi uh, through the middle of march so 14 games down gauchos they're they're hanging around in the rankings as they start big risk conference play uh, first game will be friday at five o'clock at goodwin field titans they are struggling let's Let's put it that way. Based on the numbers, they are 4-10 and 10 on the year, 5.28 team ERA, uh, and they are not putting a whole lot of runs up on the board. They're hitting just 237 as a team, but they do have a surefire ace who has won Big West Pitcher of the Week already this year, Tanner Bybee, who I'm assuming that we will see on Friday. He's got a 1.48 ERA and a complete game under his belt already, and he's he's a good one. He's He's one of those prototypical Fullerton Friday night guys that we've seen over the last 10 years. So he's going to be tough. Um, but David Spencer, you guys have some stuff on Fullerton looking forward to next week.
2: Yeah. Again, just the preliminary things that we've done so far. Um, you mentioned him obviously a strong right-handed pitcher on Friday night and going to be able to get it up there. 94, 95, 96 miles an hour, maybe even. Um, so definitely be ready for him but um other than that you know fullerton's going to be tough they've always got a good program down there um so we'll come into big west play you know looking to handle business and hopefully come out of there with a sweep and and back up here next weekend looking to do business again
1: i was going to say that uh opponents against fullerton pitching is only they're only hitting um 250. it's kind of below the below the national average um so it's going to be a tough test. I think that uh, the way our bats were looking in, in the games this weekend um, should be a tough test for their bullpen. And I'm looking forward to seeing how our offense is going to face them. As you mentioned, Bybee, he, he, he looks real good. He's got a nasty cutter um, to pair with his hard fastball. And anytime you have a plus fastball and cutter um, it's, it's a tough one. So um looking forward to seeing how we're going to take the challenge and uh, you know, like I said, we're looking forward to following along and um, hopefully get a couple and a couple more in the W column.
0: Well, Big West Conference play—it's always different than non-conference. These teams and these coaches know each other so well, and everybody's everybody's got a chance. Everybody's got a chance. So everybody plays it close to the chest. It's West Coast baseball. There's going to be pitching is going to take priority, and the gained some confidence offensively this weekend. I thought it was encouraging, uh, but facing a tough task because it's it's a different road trip now. Uh, you can't leave the hotel. You can't go out and, and and socialize after games. The Gauchos will not practice on on Thursday at Goodwin Field prior to the series opening, so the first look that they'll get will be uh, on Friday at batting practice. All the meals will be delivered, so it'll have a different look as far as the protocols uh, going down to Fullerton and they're just going to have to compensate and adjust and get out there and focus on playing baseball and that's what's going to be the most important thing this week. A little extended bit with uh, with these two guys, David and Spencer, always appreciate the time. Uh, I wish you guys were going to be in Fullerton, but based on travel party size, you guys will not be there, so I will do my best to fill in in your stead doing video and Color commentary to my commentary. <laughs> so I'll have the broadcasts on UCSBGouches.com. Five o'clock Friday, noon doubleheader start on Saturday, and then one o'clock on Sunday. First four Big West Conference games: the gauchos and the Titans. Guys, thank you.
1: Thanks, go Thanks, Kevin.
0: Alright, thank you to our sponsors, Kyle's Kitchen and a Guy with a Truck Junk Removal. And thank you to David and Spencer. Again, just uh, tons of work behind the scenes that nobody ever really sees. The the video stuff that just takes so much time to, to upload. You're talking about gigabytes worth of of material from four different cameras and he, he crops everything David does so that like the the, the view from center field is mirrored up with the open side camera that's on top of the dugout so that the guys can see both angles on the same pitch. Uh, it's just a, a great tool to have uh, for the guys. All right, Gauchos head down to Fullerton for a four-game set as they open Big West Conference play. I will have the broadcast on UCSBGauchos.com. It'll be Friday at 5, doubleheader Saturday at noon, and then 1 o'clock on Sunday. Four games first of 40 conference games here in 2020. Gouches at 9-5, and off to a good start uh, and looking to build off of the series sweep against San Francisco. So that'll do it for the podcast. Stay tuned on Instagram and Twitter, UCSB underscore baseball, uh, for all the updates leading up to the games. And then while the Gouches are in action at Fullerton, the the Twitter's been great, getting uh, game highlights as they happen. And then please tune in ucsbgauchos.com, for the games. And we'll talk to you on Friday, pregame show at 445, first pitch at 5 o'clock, Gauchos and the Titans as they open up Big West play. All right, that'll do it. Please enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll talk to you this weekend.